Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Hi, and welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. Today, I welcome Anna Lundberg to the show. And before I bring her on, I'm going to just tell you a little bit more about her. A few years ago, Anna left the apparent security, I love that, apparent security of a full-time job to work independently, pursue her passions, and make sure that she doesn't have any big regrets when she's sitting in that rocking chair in years to come. Today, Anna is designing a life that allows her to live according to her most important values, freedom, personal growth and development, and authenticity. She's mentoring startups on how to build their brands and market their message, training new managers to become the leaders of the future, and supporting people on their journey towards their most fulfilling lives. Welcome, Anna, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's the first time I'm being interviewed. Usually I'm interviewing other people, so it's <laughs> very exciting for me. I know how that goes. I've been on both sides of the of the microphone, so to speak, as well, and it's always a little different from from the other side. So uh, I can I will appreciate it, and I will be gentle. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so so, Anne, I always like to tell my audience too a little bit about how I, I know the people who are on the show, and we met through a, a networking group online. Um, and and it's one that I've become more active in recently. So I just like to tell people that, just because it's like the 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 web gives us such access to people. And and I asked you before we we started today, and you're call, you're calling from uh, London today. So yay, we're, we're we're getting a broader international reach, which is so exciting for all of us. So uh, I'd love for you to share with us how you've learned to get out of your own damn way. So tell, tell us more about, about you and your story. Sure. Well, I like to get back to the very beginning, which is when I was three years old. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't remember it myself, but it's something my mum told me many times, and, and I think it's sort of it's quite insightful as to, to what happens in terms of sort of the conditioning and programming we have from, from quite a young age. Um, so I was at play school, actually, um, and it was some kind of end-of-year ceremony and uh, the teacher called my name and asked me to come up and, and pick up my certificate. And I got out of my chair and I was so excited and full of energy and I sort of joyfully skipped up to the teacher. And, and this is in England, <laughs> um, but I was three years old. And the teacher said, Anna, go back and walk properly. Mm. And, you know, my face just fell um, as I had to return to my chair and, and go back again. And I think this is just so emblematic of of sort of what happened then and what continued to happen at school in terms of that sort of pure joy and, I guess, outgoingness and and, um, and excitement about life, and it just gets gradually squeezed out of you without being mm-hmm. too dramatic. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yes, the, the school system in England is quite strict, and I recently went through my school books. My mum has kept everything for 30 years. Um, so I started looking at sort of the comments from my teachers, and, you know... Um, Almost every single comment, oh, well, when I was good, every comment was, you know, good girl, good girl, um, pleasing work, and so on. And then sometimes when I hadn't lived up to expectations, there were comments like, well, certainly 
um, oh, it's too messy, it's not tidy enough, you're making mistakes, this is not your usual standard, and so on. Um, and I think these messages of being a good girl and, you know, drawing neatly and being tidy and, and not making mistakes, these are messages that don't necessarily serve us um, in the world, and especially now when this sort of entrepreneurialism and creativity and taking risks is so important, this kind of uh, good girl, tidy, sensible approach just, just isn't something that serves you. Um, so that's sort of the, the very early <laughs> part of my story. Yes, I know. I can totally relate to that whole good girl thing. I, I think that um, a lot of us, and, and it's so nice to, to be able to talk with someone who grew up in a different school system than I did because I got similar messages here in the States. And, um, of course, I also got my good girl messages from, from my mother as well. But I, I can totally relate to what you're saying. <laughs> But it's sort of reassuring and um, uh, depressing to hear that it's changing. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm hoping it's, it's changed. I, I hear good things, I think, about schools these days are becoming a bit more open and encouraging and much less strict. So hopefully it's, it's a more creative atmosphere and, and more sort of um, inspiring and interactive for the children. I hope so. Right, right. And I think that that's true in pockets. I think there still needs to be an overall system overhaul, but we could, we could go on about that. That would be a huge tangent. Yeah. <laughs> How to overhaul the school system, yeah. Um, but let's get yeah. back to you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sitting with a school sub- subject simply to say that I, I continued on that, I guess, good girl path and that I went to, you know, a top university and didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I chose quite a broad spectrum of subjects. Um, I guess a little bit like liberal arts in the US. Um, didn't know what to do after that, so I went to postgrad, which is also sort of uh, quite broad, and it was just kind of almost autopilot. Um, and then um, I got a job at Procter & Gamble, which again was not um, intentional. <laughs> I barely knew what they were, actually, but it was an amazing um, job. I mean, I had so much fun with my friends. I learned so much. It's, it's such a good school for um, for marketing and business, and, you know, I never regretted at all and I and I stayed there for eight years actually um, and that was in Geneva in Switzerland so I had a really fun time and um, learned so much but it just from the beginning it wasn't really what I wanted to do um, so I always had that nagging feeling of oh I want to quit and it's quite soul destroying <laughs> is the word I usually use when you you know you want to do something else and you just do nothing about it at all um, and I guess there's an element of blame too even though it's no one's fault but my own but it was just oh I wanted to do this but now I'm here but it's you know it was my decision to do that it just right. um, didn't sort of hit me that I had that power I guess to, to make a different decision um, so I, I had also said that I wanted to go travelling by myself and it was another one of those things that I just talked about and hadn't done nothing about um, and I think I had lunch with somebody and I just mentioned it and, and the guy said well why don't you and I thought oh <laughs> interesting idea <laughs> crazy actually do what I've, I've said I want to do so I asked my boss and she said yes even more crazy um so I went to South America by myself for three months um which was a really big thing for me at the time um obviously once I got there it didn't feel so big and I met people who had quit their jobs and had been traveling for two three years and and all sorts of interesting people so you know the the great thing about travel or one of the great things is that you meet so many different people and um, with completely different backgrounds and plans and and personalities and, and everything so it just opens up your perspective so much um, so halfway through that sabbatical I, I got up the courage to quit my job completely um, and then I came back to London 
I um, originally hesitated a little bit as to what I was going to do, but I founded a digital marketing consultancy, and that's what I'd been doing at Procter & Gamble. So it was sort of my comfort zone, I guess. Um, but it was more independent. It was more more flexibility and freedom. Um, and I got lots of big contracts, which is great. You know, but on the surface, it sort of seems very successful uh, in terms of income, in terms of experience, um, really big companies and brand names, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I realized that it, it was basically the same thing as I was doing before. Um, so it was like having a full-time job, essentially, just that I, I was able to squeeze in a bit more travel between the contracts, but the, the work itself was, was simply sort of the closest thing that I had latched onto. Um, so now, the, the latest phase is that I'm sort of making my second escape, um, which is setting up a portfolio career. Um, so I've still got the digital marketing, but I'm hoping to make it more virtual. In fact, you mentioned this in my bio, so I've got the digital marketing supporting businesses. Um, secondly, I'm, I've got the personal life coaching piece, which, which I'm really passionate about now, um, working with people, you know, who are like me two or three years ago and looking to make that transition from sort of dull corporate job to, to something that gets their heart racing. Um, and then finally, this leadership training program that I'm doing with a former colleague for young managers. So this is still quite fresh. Um, but I'm I'm really excited and I'm sort of confident that this is, at least for now, um, a great path for me and I, I think it's going to work out really well. Um, but it's just a realisation, I guess, that it's not just one escape. As I said, it's not one decision and that's it. Ta-da! I've, I've done it. I've right. put up my own way and I'm, I'm free. It's, it's really an ongoing process that requires sort of continuous courage and, and, and reminding yourself of what you really want and so on. So it's sort of an ongoing ongoing transition, I guess. I, and I, lo- I love that you said that because there's so many people, because um, I've been on that other side too of working. Um, I come from public mental health background, and so the nonprofit sector, um, and then before that I was for profit doing business and marketing. Um, so I, I have uh, varied, but I, I, I've been on that other side of wanting to escape that and and thinking oh my gosh people who work for themselves they they've got it made it's easy you know and there are things about it that are easy and different but it is a continual process like you said it's not like a a, a destination it's still that journey and it's us figuring out what's working, what's not working. We still have old beliefs to shed. We still have old behaviors to shed. And we have to kind of find our way within our own uh, business and our own path to be able to create, continually create the life that we want and to continue to evaluate, is this what I want or do I want to go a different way? You know, there's so many. With uh, freedom come blessings and curses. You know, when you have, yeah, you have a lot of freedom. It's like, oh, great, I, I have a lot of freedom, but then like, oh my gosh, what am I going to choose? <laughs> yes, can definitely relate to that. <laughs> it's yeah. funny that you say that. I mean, I've, on the one side, you have all these people, and I'm constantly bombarded with ads on on Facebook from you know coaches who want to help coaches and this freedom lifestyle, and there are all these pictures of people drinking cocktails on the beach and <laughs> and sitting at their computer in their bikini and so on. You know, I've just been in. Hawaii and San Francisco and so on. So it's not that you can't be on the beach and so on, but, I mean, I was working 10, 12-hour days. I was yes. really at my computer all the time. Um, so it's that reality, and I love it. I love every minute of it, but it's certainly not just lying on the beach and then sort of doing a few Facebook ads now and then. So it's definitely both sort of more exciting and more 
Oh, yes. I remember one of my beach trips, I was doing photo shoots. (laughs) So I'm like, I want to just sit and watch the sunset. I don't want you to be taking my picture anymore. (laughs) So I totally get that. There's choices. So sometimes we get to sit on the beach and enjoy, but then other times we've got to work. Um, And and it's that constant kind of balancing, I think. Um, But there's more opportunity I think when you when you create that business lifestyle and lifestyle uh, kind of commingling together, mm, more opportunity and choice, I guess. Because if you're in a, they call it nine to five. I never worked nine to five. I'm pretty sure it was earlier and later. <laughs> but um, when you're in that framework, you don't have that choice. You have a certain number of vacation days. You have the rigidity right. of the day. So actually, that's what's most scary and exciting. The freedom that we're longing for is also the freedom that's pretty. Pretty frightening because we're just not used to it. Mhm. Yeah, it is. It's it's a choice, and and I also tell people because I have a lot of friends who do not work for themselves, and they get sometimes really scared for me um, when things are a little up or down, or you know, just kind of not as consistent. And um, I'm like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> don't don't you don't have to worry about me. I'm a big girl. I can make my own decisions. I can weather this, or you know. Um, but it's there's it's not for everyone. It's really mm. not. I, you know, I, I think that those of us who are on this path, it's there's a certain amount of risk tolerance that that we have that not everyone can handle. And that's not good or bad. It's just the way it is. So I think it's really important for people to to understand that it's not. And I, well, actually, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place because I just I'm so passionate about this topic as well. So I'm so glad we're talking about this. But um, in your your bio, you talk about like the the perceived security of a job. And and I love that because it's really not as secure as maybe it once was or that people think it is. Absolutely. I mean, certainly the economic climate of the last few years as well, you know, people are um, losing their jobs and, and it's not a certainly not a sort of guaranteed, um, secure, safe thing for life as it was maybe in our parents' generations and previously. So, mm-hmm. so um, it, it's funny, I wrote an article um, two years ago just after I'd quit, and, well, it was a year after I'd quit actually, about the 10 things I'd learned since quitting my job. Um, and it's just been picked up for some reason now. I wrote it on Quora and it's been picked up by a couple of media outlets. And I've had so many messages of people saying, wow, thank you so much. This is speaking to me. And, and it was sort of reassuring points of, you know, it's not as scary as you think and nothing is forever. And, um, you know, there's lots of opportunities out there and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had uh, a former colleague who messaged me and, and, you know, said it sounds great and so on, but he is so happy in his current job. Um, which I love. I love that, you know, I'm not trying to push people to quit their jobs. It's about making your own choice again. So as you said, for some people, either the risk tolerance or simply just the way of life is not something that suits them. I'm just encouraging people to ask that question um, and not just go on autopilot and think that this is the only option there is. There's so many different ways of yeah. living and working out there. So just to at least make that decision. And if staying in your corporate job is, is the right decision for you, that's amazing. Good for you. Absolutely. And there are plenty of people who absolutely love their jobs and, and kudos. You know, I, um, I think that would be great. If I found a job that really suited me, um, that might be an option. Like you said, it is about those choices. It's about us 
being able to go, okay, is this the best fit for me right now? Is this going to allow me to have the the type of life that I want? Because I think that's what's missing is a lot of times people get really in a rut with their jobs and and they kind of, their lives revolve around their job, whereas really everything should revolve around our life. You know, the way the way that our energy flows. I know that I used to be a, a very big night person. I would stay up writing music till all hours of the day or the night. Or And um, as I've gotten older, I'm more of a morning person. So I honor those cycles in where my energy flows, what time of day I do best doing certain types of tasks like writing or um, speaking, like now I, I know I don't do interviews before 9 a.m. because I just can't function without my couple t- cups of tea before <laughs> before <laughs> 9 o'clock. So it's, no, it's also getting to know who you are and what works best for you. Yes, and that makes me think of work-life balance, which is that phrase that I sort of hate <laughs> um, because it's, it feels like an artificial construct. And as you say, it's not about, it's not work and then life. Work is part of life and and for me, at least, it's about integrating the two and being mm-hmm. passionate and enjoying your work to the point that it all, um, in a way, sort of the balance becomes... I mean, balance is so important, but sort of that dichotomy between work and life where you, you know, between nine and five, you're in the office. It's sort of a very old-fashioned factory model, isn't it? And then you go home and then you don't work. But that doesn't happen anyway because people are on their phones and checking email on holidays and yeah. weekends and so on. So... <laughs> So sort of <laughs> that's my pet peeve that time of work life balance. But I think as you say, if you if you go with your energy is and I I'm very happy to work late into the night on a project if I'm excited about it and if I have a deadline and then another day maybe I'm feeling tired and then I'll take some time off. And that's right. the luxury I guess that you have when you have your own business. It is, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've been working really, really long hours the last couple of days working on deadlines and today I'm like it's okay if I don't get these certain things done. I might need a nap today. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it's that that wonderful honoring. And and I love that you brought up that work-life balance thing because I talk a lot about that too. And I I don't know how to separate the two. I've never been good at that. And, and I am of the same school of thought as you, which is that, you, you know, you have to integrate those. Um, especially being in the types of businesses that we are. You know, I, I work a lot with people who are really called into the work that they do, that it's part of their soul's purpose. Um, and it, it's not just a, a J-O-B, <laughs> you know, um, mm. because we can all get a J-O-B that just pays the bills, that we're not emotionally connected to. But there's there's a certain thing about those of us who are, you know, really, really passionate about what we do that it, we don't just switch it off when we're not working. We it's it, we live and breathe it because it's just part of who we are, and we just it's, you can't just switch it off. So the work life balance I think comes more in being able to, like we've been talking about, kind of like manage that energy and just to honor it and and do what feels like it needs to be done at the time. So just allowing what needs to happen to happen. Mm. It's funny, I mean, we, I, I guess I also had that at work, and certainly my colleagues still do have that passion for their work, which is, again, fantastic. I mean, within marketing, I can't tell you how excited I was when I first saw my TV ad, 
you know, on, on an actual television or, you know, the um, visual in a magazine mm-hmm. or, um, you know, whatever it was, or the actual bottle that I designed with, with my um, colleague. It was just, it was great. And that was, it's impossible to escape that because wherever you go, you know, if you're at the airport, there's perfume shops, of course, and you, you watch TV and you see the ads and so on. So marketing, in a way, is something you can't get away from either. And definitely mm-hmm. digital, you know, you're constantly on Facebook and Twitter and so on. So it's very difficult to turn off that part of my brain, right. which is, Right. working and the part which is personal it's sort of always integrated and intertwined as you said mm-hmm. it is and so it, it's just a matter of you know allowing that to happen and and just kind of um being true to to who you are and and what what needs to happen in that moment absolutely so, you know, I just wanted to touch again. I, I loved what you said about that kind of whole good girl thing. Um, that, that's some, like a theme that's come up in my life as well. And I know a lot of the women that I work with have those messages that come up as well. And how how did you kind of come to terms with the, oh, gosh, what did you say? It was kind of the squeezing out <laughs> Of the the passion and the pure joy um, is what you said. So how how did you kind of come to terms with that and allow your joy and your passion to come back up? Mm. I think, I guess it was a gradual process. And I mean, I think the tricky thing for me was, um, well, there was this TED Talk recently about (laughs) multi-potentialism. And it's sort of a concept as well. You know, there's people who just don't have one big passion. We have lots of interests and lots of um, skills perhaps as well. And at school, certainly, I was sort of, quite good at everything so there was nothing really obvious for me so I, so that's sort of my excuse for being easily swayed by what other people said so if I said oh I really want to study English and become a journalist then my parents would say oh no you won't earn money doing that so I thought oh okay and you know I want to be an actress and oh no you won't earn so I just I was very easily sort of just moved around and, and as I said I chose a course that wasn't really a passion that I had for a long time it was just because it was sort of broad enough not to not to involve actually making any decision mm-hmm. um, so I think for many years I guess up until university and work I was just kind of I guess at the time I didn't feel like it was a good girl path but it was certainly just sort of doing what was expected and and that kind of standard yeah mm-hmm. standard road to sort of successful big university and big company and so on um, so it's hard to point to, to sort of the thing that helped me. I think I'm a big fan of taking small steps. Um, my whole concept now in my coaching is sort of t- taking one step outside your comfort zone. Um, and I think for me, it was the sabbatical, of course, that did that. So after sort of seven, eight years, I reached, I guess, a tipping point. Um, I asked my boss for the sabbatical, and that was a break. And I think when I took that decision, I knew that it could potentially, I sort of hoped that it would lead to something more, but I wasn't quite ready to, to actually quit. Um, and I could very easily, I think, come back to Geneva, come back to another job. Um, my boss called up, you know, halfway through and had some offers, and I started to talk to the new manager, and all oh, this sounds interesting, and oh, I could just come back and then just work for a little bit, you know, and I just sort of very easily could have gotten sucked into that again, and I would have enjoyed it, and I would have, you know, earned money and been with my friends and so on. It wouldn't have been a bad decision, um, but I felt somehow that that was the moment for me to sort of, to, to take the leap, I guess, as we often call it. Um, so that's why halfway through, I sort of, after many tears and calls and emails with friends and family and so on, I finally said, no, I'm going to quit. Um, and financially, it wasn't necessarily the right decision, and it was certainly risky. It just felt so amazing, and that's, I think, the first time for a long time, if ever, I've actually followed my gut 
um, not necessarily, I mean, I was definitely still looking for external reassurance. I did, you know, seek friends who would tell me it was the right thing to do, but eventually it was my own decision. And I think just making that decision since then, I've made more and more decisions and each time I've just felt amazing and it's worked out. So I think with each step, it's sort of um, reinforced that this is the, I don't want to say right path, because I think there is no right path, but at least a good path for me. Um, and that's just giving me the confidence to keep going. And as we've said, it's a process. It's not that I've just done that once and that's it. Um, again, now I find myself sort of very easily um, going back into sort of a more standard way of thinking. But I'm reminding myself and I'm getting better at reminding myself that I should listen to, to my intuition and, and maybe not follow what's expected. Right. And taking those small steps I think is great. However, I think that a lot of people might think that moving across the world to take a sabbatical <laughs> is not necessarily a very small <laughs> step. <laughs> but, I mean, people told me that I was very courageous also, even yes. South America were saying, like, wow, you're very brave to go to yourself. But, you know, it worked out really well. And I, as I said, I met so many people who were taking far more courageous steps, so I felt a bit wimpy just... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, but I mean, again, it's about your it's your comfort zone. Yes, Everyone's yes. comfort zone is different, and I mean, mm-hmm. I, that was actually the first time I travelled by myself, so it was a huge thing, and I was mm-hmm. nervous. But that since then, I've been travelling loads, and I guess I've become known within at least my old um, sphere of friends um, to be like a big adventure. Obviously, I've now right. met people who are way more adventurous than I am, professional adventurers, and they're <laughs> you know times a hundred what I'm doing. But it's all again, it's relative, and it's about finding your level of adventure, your level of risk, and, and what you feel comfortable doing. Right, and and that's so important is to is to be able, it, it goes back to that idea of that risk tolerance and, and, and being able to expand your comfort zone because what may look like something that, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that to one person is just like, eh, just another day. <laughs> you know, it's a day in the life, you know, just I'm going to just go hop on a plane or, travel by myself or something like that because there, there are some people who that is so far outside their comfort zone that they can't even conceive of how to do that so I would I would say yes that was a very brave thing it sounds like that really kind of sh- shook up your your thinking so that you could take you know maybe what you think were smaller steps outside your comfort zone um, but moving across the world and then quitting your job those are those are two really really big things and so i i just think that that's wonderful i think that's courageous that you were able to to do that and and to really get in touch with your intuition and um and make some life-changing decisions that's awesome oh thank you i mean i think when you are I think one of the reasons people talk about finding your tribe which i quite like is is exactly that but it's about finding sort of people that um, I guess I'm challenging you a little bit, but not too crazy. <laughs> so, you know, perhaps sometimes it does mean taking a step away from, from well, sometimes your family and your friends just temporarily or just getting a bit of either physical or sort of emotional distance there just so that you can have some time to decide on what's right for you, but also just to meet other people. So if you're thinking of getting into a new industry or going traveling or whatever it is, try to meet people, go to networking events or, you know, they do evenings or coffees and, and all these things, read books, read blogs, connect with people, um, because it's just, it's all relative. So when I was in a big corporate environment, everybody there wanted to get promoted, um, probably even, you know, wanted to get married, have kids, sort of everything was very focused in a particular 
everyone was, you know, from a particular background and had particular ambitions. As soon as I went traveling or as soon as I met other people, then that just opens the doors to so many other um, perspectives, as I said. And it's not necessarily about finding, well, it's definitely not finding someone who's done exactly what you're now going to copy, but it's about taking the elements that you like, I guess, and, and sort of reshaping to something that, that is a step outside your comfort zone, but not too big a leap. So right. if, if it's too big for you to take a Sebastian and travel to yourself, that's absolutely fine. But maybe you can do a weekend retreat or um, even just go to, as I said, like an evening um, drinks reception talking about something or, or, you know, a workshop or something. Just just that little step or even an online course or anything that sort of introduces you to some new concepts and some new people. Yes, because I, I like to tell people that, well, I, I'm the fear whisperer, so I talk a lot about fear and that fear is a good thing and you can use it to your advantage and as a catalyst to grow your business. Um, but too much fear at one time, it, it, when it floods you and you can't, like, it, you just go blank or you can't think straight or pass out literally or almost, you know, it's, that's, we don't want that. <laughs> we don't want people no, to be no. <laughs> white knuckling their lives. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that fear is often, you know, something that's quite vague. It, we're sort of worried, certainly when I was in that job, it was sort of, oh, but what, you just don't know what's on the other side. It's just a complete unknown. And that's why sort of making that unknown less unknown or more known um, really helps. And, you know, if one of the big fears that people have, of course, is money. But that, that's not very clear on, you know, what is the concern? How much money do you need to to survive or to feel good? And, and why do you need that money? So... So often I encourage people to question their values because often, certainly in my case, money wasn't the top priority. Um, as I think you, you read in my bio, you know, my values turn out to be sort of freedom and independence and authenticity and, and growth, personal development. So, of course, I'm completely realistic and pragmatic about needing money. And I, I obviously want to be able to travel and see my friends and do things, but it's not sort of the money and the prestige of, of a head of digital role, let's say, in a, in a big company is not the biggest value for me. For other people, it might be, and again, that's that's their choice, but I think sort of just um, making those fears a bit more concrete, challenging if if those fears really are real fears, or if it's just sort of, like, I feel like I should worry about my pension, <laughs> maybe you don't need to worry about those things. Um, making them a bit more tangible will help you to also address them. Absolutely. Yeah, getting that clarity is so, so important because sometimes our fears are just because we haven't gone through that thought process of going, you know, like, what's the worst that could happen? Well, what's the best that could happen? Like, and then making your, your plan B's or your plan C's or, or just taking, taking a risk, having faith, knowing that you're going to be okay. So there's so many ways to approach that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anna, I've so enjoyed talking to you. We are almost out of time, so I just want to make sure that the audience knows how to get in touch with you if they are, are drawn to your message and your message of freedom and courage and, and all of that. So let let the people know how to get in touch with you. Oh, thank you. Um, I guess my name is a bit difficult to spell, so I'll give the, the easier version, which is One Step Outside. Um, as I said, it's sort of my idea of one step outside your comfort zone. So um, both on Facebook and my website is onestepoutside.com. Um, I do have an offer to give your listeners. I'm afraid it's it's very um, – my, my next big thing that I'm doing is a workshop next weekend, um, <laughs> which um, 
uh, is in London, of course. But if anybody happens to be around, they'll see it on the website, and I can give a 25% discount um, if you use the coupon one step outside as well. Um, I'm going to be turning that into an online course, so hopefully your international listeners can benefit from that as well. And, of course, I offer the um, individual coaching. Um, and I also have some free resources on the website, so uh, a couple of e-books on defining the goals and, and getting scripts with money fears that we talked about as well. So it's onestepoutside.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, and thank you for being a guest on the show. I've really enjoyed uh, speaking with you all the way in London. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. It was a complete pleasure. I could um, keep chattering about these things for hours, so thank you so oh, much for I having me. Oh, I know. Us. Yes, thank you so much, and thank you all for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more powerful interviews of people who've learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. Are you a master at getting in your own damn way in life or in business? Let Creelan Peters, host of the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, show you how to tame your fear and embrace your greatness. Take her free quiz at creelan.com slash quiz. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash quiz. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.